Hey, everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. Hello and welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Today's podcast, we are moving on. Moving on, moving on. Moving on up. We are changing topics. Today's podcast discussion, uh, we will talk about, what are we going to talk about, babe? We're going to talk about the role and responsibility of the husband and the wife. Just the role or roles? Are well, there more than roles one? could be plural. <laughs> okay. There's, okay. There's many roles. <laughs> okay. We, we make sure we, I want to make sure we clear that yeah, up. Yeah. There's not so, just one thing. Yes. We should be talking about uh, many facets to yes. the various roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. that God has ordained for yes. husbands and ordained for wives. Yes. Um, so today we're going to start with spiritual roles and responsibilities Uh-oh. because That's the key word, spiritual. this is a Christian podcast. So we want to give you Christian, godly, biblical principles Mm-mm. to help guide your marital relationship. Uh-oh. And so God has given us some spiritual um, word, advice, direction, mm-hmm commandments, if you will, on how we are to conduct ourselves as husbands and wives and what our roles and responsibilities are. And it's not that he gave us, Renee and Doug, this information. It's in his word. It's in the Bible. Everything we're, I can say everything, but for the most part, everything, the majority of everything we're about to talk about is coming straight out the Bible. Yes. Coming straight out the word. Absolutely. So when you said spiritual, it just hit me. It's like spiritual roles and responsibilities. It hit, literally just hit me because you have natural and you have spiritual. And so many people go into marriage thinking natural roles. Mm-hmm. And we, I know we, we're going to talk about spiritual, but it, it literally just hit me right now that we're mm-hmm. talking spiritual, not natural. Like natural, I'm the king of this castle. You do what I tell you to do. And we're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that in a later <laughs> podcast. We gonna, let's, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, dear. But we're going to definitely okay. talk about that. Because oh we want to set the record straight mm-hmm. on what God's word says. Okay. So spiritual roles and responsibilities. So one of the things we, when we were discussing um, how we were going to put all this together, we wanted to definitely include um, our single uh, single people who are out there listening to us because if you're not sure of the role and responsibility, then you will be in for a rude awakening if and when you ever get married. And so you have to go back to the first man and the first woman. And before, before let's just go back to the first man, which was Adam. So, um, and we talk, we we go through this um, in detail when we do premarital class. But um, before woman was formed in Genesis two and eight and fi- and fifteen, okay, before there was an Eve on the scene, Adam had a job. God told him to name all the animals. Adam had a relationship with God, and 
because um, he was, you know, talking to the Lord, having um, conversation with the Lord. And Adam had a ministry, which was God-given responsibilities, which was the garden, mm-hmm. which was to the garden. Mm-hmm. And so when we're doing premarital class, and I, I, I say this to, to people when I'm sitting five feet from them, and I'm going to say it now, and I won't see the expression on your face, but there's a difference between um, ministry and having a relationship with God. Because you can just be um, doing the work of the Lord without having a relationship with the Lord of the work. And so there's a difference between that. And there's also something that I I point out is that um, I'm always kind of leery of future husbands who aren't in some sort of ministry, Mm. public ministry. Mm. And the reason I say that is because when Adam was tilling the garden, most gardens are outdoors. Then you can see them if you're driving through a neighborhood or driving through the the country or through um, a town. You can see a, you can see the garden. You can see the work that the farmer has put or whoever who's, who's planted the garden. You can see the work that they've put into the garden. Mm-hmm. And so when I say this and I say I'm, I'm leery of husbands or future husbands who aren't in the ministry. Usually the guys will look at me <clears throat> and they'll give me the cross eye side eye look. But it's the truth because it's, it's, seed, it's as simple as seed time and harvest. You sow what you reap. And marriage is a ministry. And if you want someone, your future wife, to submit to you, but you aren't willing to submit to someone else, a person, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about the Lord. I'm just talking about a person that you have to be accountable to. There's something's wrong. Right. How could I ask Renee to submit to me and I won't submit to someone else? That, submit to the Lord, accountable yeah, to Be accountable, else. exactly. To be accountable to another human being. And usually the guys will say, well, me, the Lord knows my heart and me and the Lord are cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, one of the things we've heard from premarital class is, oh, yeah, when we get married, I'm going to start coming to church more Uh-oh. Sundays, or I'm going to join a ministry. Uh-oh. So when Eve came on the scene, Adam already had a job. Yes. He didn't say, I'm going to look for a job. I'm going to get a job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start tilling the land. I'm mm-hmm. going to start working in the garden. He yeah. was already established yep. doing those things. Yes. And Adam had a relationship with the Lord. Already. Already. It wasn't so much (laughs) wasn't a part-time relationship. And we hear this also in premarital class, you know, in football season, American Mm -hmm. football season is going on. It's like, well, he won't he won't come to church because you know that the team is playing, his team is playing, or so on and so forth. And to me, that's a red flag. I know right now, um, you know, everything stopped for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. But now uh, sports is starting to start is starting back up. And so you have to put everything in its proper place. And yes. that lets you see where his priorities yeah. are. Mm-hmm. If God is not a priority, that sports game, football, baseball, whatever it be, because their team is playing mm-hmm. 
takes a priority over church and ministry, like Doug said, that's a red flag. And how do you think, and I'm, I'm speaking to the single woman, how do you think you're going to be the priority if God isn't a priority? Mm. You know, so I'm just, just throwing this out there to all my single people, you know, just just uh, be mindful. And I know women usually say he has potential and I see, and I have nothing against potential. <laughs> We all have potential, right? (laughs) We all have the potential to be better. Truth be told, right? Yeah, we all have the potential. Uh, One of the things um, Elder Holder says is that you marry reality. Don't marry potential. And I can see if the young man or the man is, you know, if he's working, if you can see him doing these things, if you can see the fruit of his labor, the fruit of his tree. Mm -hmm, Like he's making progress. Yeah, like he's making progress. If you Mm -hmm. can see that. Without you being in the picture, again, this Adam had all this going on before there was Eve. If you can see that, if you can see him, if you can see his prayer life, if you can, um, he talks about praying and fasting and spending time with the Lord. If he's actively working in the ministry, if he has a job, and I know a lot of people have lost jobs in the last three or four months. I I get that. But um, he has to want to work and not just sit on the couch and play uh, video games. These are things that you should be looking for in your future spouse. And if you don't see these things, again, I'm coming back to the first man, Adam, because this is how God designed it. Then that that should be a red flag. It should be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God gave women intuition. And use your God-given women, woman intuition. And a spirit of discernment. Pray mm-hmm. for a spirit of discernment. God, yeah. is this the person? Show me the red flag. And when God shows it to you, don't dismiss it. Don't push it to the side and try to point out all the other attributes that you think are more mm-hmm. important. Um, if God sends you a red flag, then uh, what do you call it? Adhere. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Yield. And you know what? You said You said something interesting. You said... When, if and when God shows you a red flag, God will show it to you. But what are you going to do when he shows it to you? That's where your will comes in. And are you just going to, you know, bypass the, the stop sign, the red flag, the red lights, and just go through and say, you know, I've given this man my heart. I've spent X amount of time with him or her, and I'm, we're just going full steam ahead. But yet you're just bypassing all the stop signs, the warning signs, the flashing red lights. And we've said this before. You, If you want God's results, you have to do it God's way when Absolutely. it comes to marriage. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So for my our single people, we just want you to be mindful of this. And in Genesis 2 and 18, the yes. wife. Yeah. So uh, going on, moving on to our... Husbands and wives, <laughs> those that are married. Yes. Um, so when Eve did come on the scene, God mm-hmm. formed her. This was in Genesis 2 and 18. He says to Adam that uh, it's not good for man to be alone. Adam technically wasn't alone. He had all the animals, but they weren't suitable. They weren't a suitable mate. So God said, I'm going to make you a mate that's suitable to be your helper. That is where you hear the term 
the wife is the helpmate or the mm-hmm. wife is the helper. Mm-hmm. Originally, God said that I'm going to make you a helper, somebody to help you with all of these responsibilities I've given you, the vision I've given you, uh, this ministry that I've given you. I'm going to make a helper for you. And so when we talk about helper and you just touched on it, your wife is there to help you do something, whatever, like Renee said, your vision, um, goals, plans. And so what what is the vision for your family? Mm. You know, what five year plan, 10 year plan? Um, what what are you trying to accomplish? Have you written it down? Have you written your business plan, like physically written your business plan? So this is what you want to do or what vision has the Lord given you? What financial goals yeah, do you have? Exactly. And so your your wife is there to help you, but she has to be able to help you do something. Yeah. And if you don't come back, come back to communication. <laughs> I was just if thinking you, the same thing. <laughs> if you don't communicate to your wife what the goal is, what the vision is for your house, she's going to come up with her own one. But yes. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yes. Or how how is she going to know mm-hmm. what the plan is if you don't communicate it? This is why premarital uh, counseling is so important because you need to have these conversations and we're not talking about communication, but as you can see, we always wind up going back, back to, to communication. communication. Um, you need to articulate to your, your wife to be what it is you want to, what are your dreams? What are mm-hmm. your aspirations? What are you, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, that question they ask you in a job interview, what do you see yourself in five years? Y'all should have that conversation. Yeah. And I think it's important for women if they are not saying that, because a lot of times men do not express themselves as um, animated or as as, as, as we do. Mm-hmm. And so ask the question. Ask those questions. Don't be afraid to say, where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years? Do you want to have two kids, one kids, no kids? Mm -hmm. Do you want to live in a condo, a high rise, a single family or an apartment? These are things that you need to discuss. And I remember one time, I didn't want to cut you off. No, that's good. That's fine. I remember one time we were teaching premarital and we talked about this. And one of the things was, what, what do you plan for your career? And one of the young men wanted to go in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And it was like, she, the wife, the future wife was like, I'm not sure about that. And he's like, I want to go in law enforcement. And so that's a conversation you need to have. Right. And you both need to be on board because if you want, if someone wants to go in law enforcement or, or a high risk um, type of job or career, then you need to be in agreement that, right. hey, I'm going to do this and mm-hmm. as far as whichever spouse and the other spouse needs to be, okay, I'm in agreement with you. Right. Cause, and as we're going back to going back to us talking about the wife, she needs to know that she has the, the bandwidth, if you will, mm-hmm. to help you with yeah. that vision. Yeah. She may not have the capacity to handle helping you. If you're in law enforcement, she may not have the capacity to handle a particular type of career or a job. We've had people in premarital class that spouses traveled all the time yes. and they had to make the decision. Can I handle, you know, raising, we want to have kids. Can I handle the responsibility of raising the kids? Can I help you? And you're not home yeah. half the time or you're not home a lot of the mm-hmm. time. 
So that's so important for us to make sure that we have conversations. Because even now, Doug and I, going on almost 33 years of marriage, we still have to communicate about a lot of the things that we want to accomplish. And I need to know how I can help him. And I often ask, you know, am I am I doing enough? That's one of the things that I'm always concerned about. Am I uh, helping him? And we had a couple come through that someone wanted to go into ministry. And we were like, well, that's something you two need to discuss. If someone's going to go in ministry full time, because um, if you plan on being a pastor, then by default, your future wife is going to be a first lady. <laughs> and, <laughs> and these are conversations, I mean, you really need to sit down and discuss, you know, or maybe the the wife or the future wife is thinking about going into ministry full time. Mm-hmm. So these are these are things, again, communicate. You have to come back to communication. But when it comes to the wife, she is there to help you, help yes. you with uh, fulfilling the God-given vision that, and it's the God-given vision, not your vision. Yes. And we can get in a whole nother subject about that. But whatever vision God has given you for your house, for your family, your wife is there to help you. And so that's why you have to communicate with your wife the God-given vision so she can help you bring to pass the God-given vision. Because your wife and our guys, husbands, I know it's hard to hear this, but your wife does hear from the Lord. And she will help you out. Yes. She really does. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, um, again, we're going to continue on talking about roles and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. That was one. Wife is the helper. Yes. Genesis 2 and 18. Um, The first marriage, it was in Genesis 2, 21 through 24. And let's go ahead and read that real quick. Um. This is live podcast. It lady. is. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought we, we had it notes. written down. I thought we had that one written down. So, again, the first marriage uh, was in Genesis 2, 21 through 24. Mm-hmm. God made the woman, and she brought her unto the man. Okay. All right. So, as you're pulling that up, let's talk about the role of the husband. Husband is the head of the wife. Now, I know this is so hard for a lot of women to swallow, digest, chew on. But the reality of it is God made it that way. He set it up that way after the fall. Genesis three sixteen through 17, after the fall, the B clause, it says, The woman's desire shall be to the husband and he shall have rule over thee. Uh-oh. So the husband is the head. He is the one who has the ultimate responsibility over the wife, over the family. Does that mean he is to dominate her, babe? No. Does no. that mean that he is the, the boss of her? No. But no. that does mean he is responsible uh. for her. When it comes to God, he has the ultimate decision. He is the one that's going to have to account for what happens in that house. So he is the head. He mm-hmm. is the one who ultimately has the decision making, yeah. the final decision, the final decision mm-hmm. um, without trying to, you know, be bossy or yeah. anything like that. And it's not I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say something about the final decision. It's not that 
Uh, my wife does not make decisions in our house. That's that's far from true. She makes decisions, you know, all the time. But when there's like a, a major situation or something, um, we're going to move a big financial decision or something along those lines. Okay, if we want to move, um, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll discuss it, and she'll give me her opinion, her her point of view. And I take all of that into account. Because I do have opinions, y'all. Yes, yes, she does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I let it be known that I have yes, an she opinion. Does. <laughs> but I do it respectfully. Yes, you do. You do. And you take I take all that into account. I take that in prayer, um, fasting, um, and and there have been times where, you know, I've said, you know, Renee, this is what we need to do. If it was and it could have been Renee's suggestion, I'm like, yeah, this is what we need to do. And there have been times where I've heard everything Renee said. Uh, we did the pros and cons. We put everything on paper, and it looked like a good idea at the time. And you pray about it, you fast about it, and the Lord says no, or not right now. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and and if I could interject, yeah, wives, when you say something to your husband respectfully, understand that most men have to let stuff digest for a moment. They have to think about it. They usually don't want to respond right away. Doug will oftentimes, which is a, is a, I don't want to say scapegoat, but it's a good way to, to have me kind of, kind of bring it. That's the word process. But we'll say, Doug will say to me, let me pray about it first. Who's going to argue with that? Like, oh, Lord. <laughs> he say, okay, so now I can't really trip because I got to wait for him to have a conversation with God. Yep. So don't get impatient. Don't think, oh, he's not responding. Don't harass about it. You know, you pray about it as well. If you feel like God gave it to you and your spouse is a man of God, then trust and believe God's going to sync y'all up and y'all going to get an agreement on that thing. And And it may not be the right time. So just be patient with God. And it's been our experience in marriage that when we rush into something, we usually make a mistake. So if we're going into the mall or we go shopping or wherever it may be, we go on vacation and somebody's like, you got to do this right now. Or you're going to, you're going to save 10% or 50%. There's always another sale. There's always another, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so we don't rush. We've learned the hard way not to rush into things, but that's why I usually say, let me pray about it because I don't want to, I don't want to make a Renee decision. I don't want to make a Doug decision. I want God to give me what to do. And I'm, Make a God decision, yes. because if I listen to God, even no matter how it comes out, if I believe I heard from God, then God is going to be responsible for it or maintaining it. Yes. But if I do it, if we do it on our own volition, of our own strength, then we're going to be responsible for maintaining it and keeping it going mm. and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I, I've learned the hard way and I'm too old to, you know, keep making that mistake. You're not old, babe. I'm too old for that. I've learned that lesson. <laughs> that hey, I'm I'm not gonna keep, you know, trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. If God didn't tell me to do it, I'm not gonna do it. And mm-hmm. I, I wanna go back to something you said about the first marriage in Genesis one Genesis two, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um twenty one and well actually verse twenty two. God made woman and brought her unto the man. Can now, I read that scripture? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Since you gave it to me. Okay. Since I'm now prepared. Okay. God put the man into a deep sleep. This is the Message Bible. As he slept, he removed one of his ribs 
and replaced it with flesh. God then used the rib that he had taken from the man to make the woman and present, presented her to the man. That's what it says in the Message Bible. In the King James Version, it says he brought her unto man. Okay. So this scripture is going to go in parallel. And I'm not getting ahead of myself, but we've always heard the scripture, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. We've, I'm going to say we've all heard that, but if you've been in church, you've heard that. Mm-hmm. But reading this in Genesis, maybe God was the original matchmaker. I'm just reading what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. He brought her unto Adam. So I'm just looking at it like Adam didn't go find her. Mm-hmm. God brought Adam, brought Eve to Adam, and it was Adam's responsibility to therefore, in what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's his responsibility to um, educate or uh, pass the vision on to Eve. Yeah. Coming back to wife being the helper. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so it was his responsibility to give Eve the vision for the family. Because God didn't say anything to Eve that we saw in doing our research for this. He didn't say a word to her. He just made her and brought her to Adam. Mm-hmm. And then Adam was like, what? And then <laughs> he was like, whoa, <laughs> man. <laughs> and that's how he got the name woman. That's a true story. Um, <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. That's okay. That's okay. All right. So, um, so in Genesis 2. Um, God made woman brother to Adam. Adam named her. The husband's the head. And, you know, you talked about the B clause. The woman's desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall uh, rule over thee. That's in Genesis 3, 16. Yes. And um, that was and that after was, the fall. That was after the fall. That was after the fall. Yes. And that's, so that's after, important to. So after man sinned. Yeah. After we messed up. Yep. God, God said. said you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna have to put some more structure and order in here because yeah. obviously you letting this woman do whatever she want to do, and because she did, and you didn't say anything to her, you didn't communicate to her, mm. or you didn't communicate to the enemy. Mm-hmm. Back up, you know that's that's my wife. Yeah. That's my whoa man. Um, we not supposed to eat of this apple. Come on, babe, we out of here. Whatever yeah. the case may be, because that didn't happen. God said, you know what? This is the structure I'm going to put in place for this marriage, for the relationship. But somebody, whether it was Adam or whether it was the Lord, had to communicate to Eve that they weren't supposed to eat off that tree because she knew about it. So I don't know. And again, this is just this is Doug's opinion. Is that Adam communicated to Eve everything that God told him. This is again, this is my opinion. I didn't find it in any Bible, but I'm just I just believe that because because of what happened next and the way it happened next. This is my opinion. This is Doug's interpretation. Mm-hmm. I could be 100 percent wrong. But after the fall in Genesis three and 16, God said in the amplified version, he said to the woman, to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will give birth to children, yet your desire and longing will be for your husband, and he will rule with authority over you and be responsible for you. Now, in Genesis 3 and 16, just just put that 
scripture aside, because we're going to come back to that when we get to the New Testament. And in the New Living Translation, the same scripture, he says, then he said to the woman, um, this is the Lord talking, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Mm, how many of you ladies out there desiring to control your husband? Mm. Again, this will make more sense when we get to New Testament, when we get to Ephesians. But I just want you to understand, back in Genesis, God said, your desire will be to control your husband, but he's going to have rule over you. Your desire and longing will be for your husband in the Amplified Version. Yet he'll have rule with authority over you and be responsible for you. Mm-hmm. And so when you put all that together, and again, we're still in the Old Testament, and um, in the, we've, I reference Proverbs 18 and 22, he whosoever findeth the wife find a good thing and obtaineth favor from the Lord or of the Lord. Excuse me. We always forget that obtain favor from the Lord. And I think that's important not to overlook because as husbands, we make mistakes. Lord knows we make mistakes. Let me talk about me. I make mistakes. Lord knows I make mistakes. <laughs> I was emphasizing that. I was slapping my leg. Um, I am. I emphasize. I know I made mistakes, but you need you're going to need God's favor to overlook some things, to just um, be on your side and be there for you and be your advocate to your wife. So don't overlook that part of the scripture, uh, Proverbs 18 and 22. Also, one of the things about this scripture that always resonates with me is whoso findeth a wife. The Bible doesn't say whoso findeth a woman and marry her and makes her a wife. Uh, Whoso findeth a wife. That means... When you find that woman, she is already a wife. God has already prepared her to be a helper. He has already fashioned her to be a wife, be the role, (laughs) handle the role and the responsibility Mm -hmm. that goes along with that title. So that doesn't mean every woman is wife material. Nor is every man husband material. Exactly. Because a man won't find a wife. A man will find a woman. But a husband will find a wife. Mm, that's good right there, dear. Because a man will not find a wife. If you're not, if you're not trying to be, handle your business and do what you're supposed to do, you'll find a woman. But you won't find a wife. Yeah. Because opposites attract. Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also, feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.